Today on the podcast, we talk about bees in the winter, talk about bourbon, honey, and hang out with my friend Brian from Bees in the D. As I said, my guest today, Brian from Bees in the D, and often people ask me, hey, what are the coolest things that you've done for Michigan's Best? And I have two answers. One of them is dog sledding in the UP. The second one is beekeeping on the roof of the Shinola. Thanks to you, Brian. How are you, my friend? I am great. That is an honor to hear you say that because <laughs> I love your videos and you do so many cool things, but I would kind of have to selfishly agree. Uh, going in beehives is quite an amazing experience. So that was three and a half years ago that you and I filmed that video. At this point that we're talking, you've got what, 11 million bees in like in the universe, sort of? Mm, yeah, give or take a few, because I mean, it, it, it fluxes because obviously as we go into the winter, their population drops, but uh, we're at about 225 hives at 75 locations now. So when you do the math, when it's summertime sure. and there's 60,000 bees in each hive, yep. We're up there. <laughs> so, so Brian, for those of us who are um, kind of learning this process, right? We've done No Mo May. Um, I'm now, I'm not sure if this is part of your ecosystem, but I want to let you know, because of the No Mo May, I'm now home to a number of cicada killers, which uh, are, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I leave them alone because they don't really bother us. But um, as we're going through this, though, what is happening right now? Like, is it, do we call it hibernating? What do the what do the bees do as we get into the colder months? Um, I, it's one of my biggest questions. But first, I want to say, isn't that so cool that you have just changed one simple thing and you're already seeing some species of animals that you normally wouldn't see. And I love cicada killers. They are pretty harmless. And I just, I, isn't that cool that you've created an, an environment, a habitat for them just by making a tiny little change? Well, and let me double down on that for you. We've lived here for eight years. They were not here till two and a half years ago when I made that change and just, and you know, I live in an HOA, so I, I don't get to do the whole month. <laughs> I get to the point that they're going to kick us out of the HOA and then I mow my, mow my, but well, like climate change, Eric, I, 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 we don't expect anybody to go the whole month. We, a lot of times say low mow may or, you know, cause it, it, like you said, you wouldn't even get the lawnmower through it, but sorry, I will go back to your original No, no, no. Question. You're I, I, like, I'm excited. You're excited <laughs> about that because my wife and I are like, is this a good thing? I mean, we made this change now that there's, there's this thing that looks like it murders children for sport, but it doesn't. Uh, and you know, well, I mean, they're, you know, they're, a, they're, a, they're huge. They're, they're huge. our largest uh, wasp and they do get mistaken for those uh, Asian yeah, right. uh, ones because they do look very similar, but like their name, they're cicada killers. They live off of cicadas for the most part. Yes. Um, but I hope that you even saw an influx of uh, fireflies or, you know, lightning bugs because they need that longer grass too. So it is, it's crazy how just one tiny thing, you know, saving your, I mean, it may not look the best um, during you know, <laughs> certain weeks or whatever the month, but boy, it sure helps. Um, I just love that. So thank you for sharing that because I don't think people realize the impact. And I'm going to say our hives, especially in communities like Royal Oak, where the Nomo May is really held on. I notice a difference. The hives are stronger. They're bringing in more resources. It really works. It helps. Um, a lot. But right now, Eric, it's the bees are actually, uh, 
I love sharing this because it is so unique in the insect world, because most insects, they either die out completely in the winter or they uh, burrow down into the dirt or the leaves. That's why it's so important that you leave your leaf debris um, you know, in the fall, I'm giving you more permission to not do some yard work. Sure. And, um, but honeybees are unique. Um, what happens is about a month ago, uh, the larvae that were uh, hatching out of the eggs in the comb were fed a little bit different of a diet by the nurse bees. <clears throat> and that changes the genetic makeup of those bees and they become what's known as winter bees. I mean, don't misunderstand me. There's still honeybees, sure, but they're genetically just a little bit smaller and more designed for vibration or vibrating their bodies. And what these bees do is in the hive, they huddle together. I like to call it a giant bee hug, thousands of bees all huddled together, just slightly vibrating. And when I do this with kids, I say, put your hands together, rub your hands like this. And I say to the kids, what are you feeling? And they're like, heat. And I explained that's friction. That's what those winter bees are doing. They're creating friction, which then creates heat. So honeybees, literally an insect that's cold-blooded, is heating their own cluster, their own hive. Don't misunderstand. They're not he heating the whole hive. They're just heating that cluster. And the queen is in the middle. And even throughout the whole winter, she's right around 90 degrees wow. Fahrenheit. And so they live off of the honey that they stored. So now you understand why honeybees are constantly all summer long filling up their hive, their comb, their cupboards, if you will, with honey, because it's the resources they need for the winter to be able to vibrate, to create this heat, to keep the queen alive. <laughs> now, allow me to nerd out for a second, uh, because on top of being somebody who is very interested in what's going in and around Michigan, I'm also a huge Seth Godin fan who wrote a book called The Song of Significance this year that talks a lot about when the bees actually move to another hive, which sounds very familiar, right? Because they get, as I understand, they get up in a tree and do almost the same thing. Yes? Yes, it's, it's called a swarm. And I love swarms because I like to catch them. It's free bees. I make sure they're put in a nice, healthy hive where they can be managed and we can help with the mites and diseases and stuff like that. But what happens with bees naturally, and this is why you see with beekeepers, the boxes keep getting taller and taller throughout the summer. Because what beekeepers are doing is they are basically giving them another floor. They're building onto their hive so that the bees can store more food and more food. Well, in nature, if they're in a hollow tree, let's say, or the beekeeper just isn't, um, you know, checking in on the bees, they're going to run out of room inside of that hollow tree. Or if they run out of room in there, so they instinctively start to draw out queen cells. And what I mean by that is they're basically making a new queen. And by feeding the queen or that larva a different diet, royal jelly, and uh, they make about 12 to 20 queens. Well, there only can be one. And so the first one that emerges, uh, the whole goal is to then kill off all of her potential sisters uh, because we can't have more than that. But after that is done, if it's a swarm situation, the old queen is basically evicted and says, okay, I, you got a new mama. 
I will leave. And she leaves basically with about 50 to 60% of the hive, a mix of both the drones, boy bees and worker bees. Scientists still don't know how the bees know who's selected to go and who doesn't go. And But then what happens is the queen, the old queen leaves. She lands usually on a tree branch or somewhere, but I've had it on the side of a Walmart semi. I've had it on a bicycle. Um, but when the queen lands, they instinctively all surround her, much like that winter cluster. So that's what you're thinking of. But it's more this time to protect, protect. her Got and it. regulate the temperature because it could be warm in the summer while scout bees go out and try to find another empty cavity. They bring back the information of what they found by dancing the waggle dance. They communicate basically the dimensions of this empty cavity that they found. And democratically, somehow all the bees agree on one of the locations. They'd accept it. They communicate it. The queen goes to it. And now they start a whole nother hive. Um, and I've literally had some of my empty hives because I keep hives empty for when I catch swarms where I go to that bee yard and I'm like, uh, I think this hive wasn't <laughs> active. And I've had bees literally move in because they found one of my hives and they were like, this is a great home. Um, and so, or I capture the swarm and I introduce them to the hive. And rarely will they leave because they're like, wow, there's already furniture in this right, place. Right. And there's even food in the cupboard. Right. So yeah. uh, we're, we're, we're staying. <laughs> so let's let's fast forward a little bit, Brian, and talk about present day because this is my favorite time of year to talk about bees in the D with friends of mine because you do this work with Detroit City Distillery that is some of my favorite stuff. And, and it comes in three flavors, but two that I want to talk about is, is one, the honey itself that goes into the beer barrel that then gets bottled and you can just use the honey, and then the bourbon itself. So let's start with how did you come up with this collaboration. You're always doing, if you're new to Bees in the D, Brian is always doing collaborations with everybody all over the city. But specifically this one, how did it come to be and when did it morph into actual products that people can eat based on the work that you do? Yeah, I would love to take credit for this one, but that would be the other B, the other Brian that deserves the credit because um, I get to be the face of Bees in the D because I'm the educator. I love being on camera. I love sharing about bees and Brian's that you know, quiet uh, stage builder in the back that's <laughs> making sure everything's in place for yes. me. And so um, when we got bees up on the roof of Detroit City Distillery, we call it DCD, um, Brian right away was like, you know, we need a honey bourbon. And when we went to, you know, the founders, uh, by the way, Detroit City Distillery is so incredibly supportive of us. Uh, what they do to help our organization is just it, so many of our partners are, but they are just so special and they would loved the idea. So uh, basically we take 55 gallons of honey. Some of it is right from their rooftop and we put it into one of the bourbon barrels and um, it ages for about three months. Actually, just uh, the other day, uh, we bottled up 500 bottles of, of the bourbon honey um, cause it's limited because we, right. you know, it, it, we're dependent on the bees and how much honey they make. 
Um, but about 500 bottles last year, I think Eric, you know, we sold out in eight minutes. Yep. I think <laughs> I, so, I got in uh, at minute four, I think, cause I got one, but I got in pretty early. So yeah, people contact us all the time. Well, we actually did a special summer barrel and we may start doing that. And we are now selling the honey, the bourbon honey at our events Nice. Uh, because we want to thank the people that are so supportive of us that support our events and come to the bee nectar honey sampling. And we now do a honey sommelier class where you can learn how to smell and taste honey with the foundation hotel. We want there to be something special for them. And so they can buy it there, but um, we just never expected this reaction and neither did DCD. And so they, you know, then put, the bourbon back in the barrel to take on that honey flavor. Well, now they use even more honey to uh, put into the bourbon. And I think this year it's somewhere upwards, like they're going to do 10,000 bottles of the bourbon. Wow. It's going to be statewide. Actually, it's going to be even out of Michigan at the liquor stores in Meyer. So um, our party is on the 10th, yep. um, the, the, the bourbon party. And you can, pre-order it online at 8 a.m. and then pick it up after 4 p.m. that same day. It won't be in the stores, the bourbon, until the 20th. Um, and we actually did save a little bit of honey to go in a few of these boutique Meyers, like the Rivertown Meyer and the Bridge Woodward Street, Corners, yeah. Yeah. so that um, they can sell a little bit of the honey as, as well. Um, but yeah, it's such a fun collaboration. And they're even doing now some little takeaway cocktails. I don't know if you saw that. I was just going to ask you if the old fashioned was a new product for this year. Is that, is this the first year of that? Yes, correct. And so they're doing some of those as well. And we'll have a lot of our um, swag again, our t-shirts um, with the bourbon lip balm that we have made with the wax that's left over from the harvest. Uh, Motor City Candle, which is an incredible company, um, makes a bunch of they make soy candles, but they have a whole line of beeswax candles that they use our wax for, and they make a honey bourbon candle uh, that will be available along with the beekeeper um, candle as well. So, yeah. It, oh, and the rocks glasses are back. <laughs> oh, they They're are? Back. Nice. Yes. Love it. Um, Love it. We had a little, uh, we weren't able to get them last year and people were begging for them. So they will be back as well. Um, they're so amazing. And so all of that, all those sales goes to help benefit our organization. It allows us to now have some funds to be able to put hives in urban gardens at schools um, and other locations that that can't afford, you know, to get the hives. Brian, if people want to learn more about your organization and maybe pick up a bottle of uh, honey bourbon, where do they go and what do they do? If they want to learn just more about us, our website at Bees in the D, um, you know, or on our social media, we're always sharing facts. Uh, we have a lot of information on our website. I am a teacher, so I've made some fun lessons for teachers or parents to use under Bees in the D Junior. Um, if you're talking specifically about this event, um, it is going to be at the bar in the Eastern Market, Detroit City Distillery on Friday the 10th. Um, but in the morning, they will want to get online to Detroit City Distillery's website at 8 a.m. And that's when it opens. And you got to be quick with your finger if you're especially going to get the honey. But even online, you can order some of the other products as well. And then if you come 
at four o'clock when the party starts. You can pick it up that day. If you can't pick it up that day, they'll, you know, you can pick it up later throughout the week. Awesome. Brian, thank you so much for the time. Have a wonderful holiday season and we'll talk to you next year. Yeah, I look forward to it. And we got to get you suited up again and get you in the hives. Anytime, my Uh, friend. Anytime. We'll do another location and it might even top the, you know, the one that you (laughs) already experienced. I look forward to it, my friend. Have fun. Thank you. Always great to see you.